This is Lawyer Talk, and it is Wednesday. That means we're going to interface with the Blitz. We're going to talk to Loper and Randy and all the 99.7 listeners who want their legal questions answered or maybe at least addressed. I can't promise to answer all the questions, but um, we do our best. If you don't get through to the Blitz this week, next week, or any week thereafter, it's simple. Just go to LawyerTalkPodcast.com. We're making some improvements on that website, but you'll see an interface where you can just send your question there. Uh, and the questions are stacking up. I'm getting piles of them, so we're going to keep answering them one at a time in the Lawyer Talk Q&A series. Uh, and again, you can catch that at the LawyerTalkPodcast.com website. Uh, and the idea is to give you a, a simplified, easy way to listen to your questions getting answered right here at Lawyer Talk. Uh, and as always, if you want a bigger topic discussed, if you've you want me to break down a legal topic or something uh, that's happening, either a legal case, Supreme Court, trial court, criminal case, civil case. I'll do my best in the Lawyer Talk Legal Breakdown series, and you can check that out at the same place. Guess where? LawyerTalkPodcast.com. So it looks like the Blitz is ready to interface. Here we go. Steve Palmer, one of my buddies and my lawyer, is joining us right now. I'm not saying that to intimidate you. I'm just saying that because it's factual. What's up, Steve? Hey, how's it going this morning? Good, man. Uh, we, we have a, a lot of questions here. We'll, we'll get to Alan, and then I have a, an interesting question for you. I mean, maybe you'll find it interesting. Uh, hey, Alan. Yeah. You're dealing with a defamation case? Uh, well, possibly. So I'll try to make this as short as I can. Um, around this time last year, got in an online fight with a family member. Um, at the end of the fight, they told me that tomorrow is going to be a really bad day for me. Then they come out and make a molestation uh, accusation towards me that happened 30 some years ago. Obviously it was false. I even went to prove to other family members that it was false and got a lie detector um, came out that I passed. Um, I just want to know if there's any recourse, because still almost a year later now, I'm dealing with repercussions with other family members and making my life kind of a living hell about it all. Mm. Okay, so he's still dealing with these repercussions. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, welcome to the world of being wrongfully accused of criminal behavior. I mean, it, it is no picnic, and anybody who thinks otherwise is just wrong. And, and you realize that when you, when you have to go through it like you are. I don't have any magic words for this one. As far as suing somebody for defamation, that's a tall order, and, and ultimately it'll be a Dave Goldstein question. But uh, generally, defamation it, it, it can ha there are two parts of it that your character can be defamed, but then you have to prove some damages, uh, and that gets difficult to do. Now, it is a crime, on the other hand, to uh, falsely accuse something, falsely accuse somebody of something on purpose. You can't do that. Um, uh, there's like making false reports. There's varying degrees of it and levels of it, uh, depending on circumstances. And I don't know the involvement of the police. I don't really think we want to get into that here. But to the extent there was an intentional false allegation, uh, that can be criminal behavior. Uh, now, as far as the uh, civil claim, uh, I, I'm going to punt on that one to uh, to Dave Goldstein and uh, and make a referral up there. But, you know, a lot of times the best way to deal with these kind of problems is to starve them or uh, suffocate them. You know, you just you just got to ignore the the chatter. You got to just set it aside and not give it any breathing room. And uh, often it just sort of goes away or, or wears itself out. But I get it, man. It's frustrating. Give me a shout. 614-224-6142. We'll get choked up with Dave. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right. We have two open lines right now at 821-9970. 
All right, Candace wrote in and she said she was on the way to work and this car in front of her tried to pass a car in front of them. All right, just pass. And as she was passing, all right, the car, I guess, didn't like that they were passed, even though it doesn't, it didn't, you know, wasn't hurting them. And they threw their car into the other lane, I guess, to show them the business. I don't know what the move was for, but uh, Candace said she sh- that the car like pushed into the other lane to like block that car from passing it. The car almost wrecked, like almost went in the river. Who's at fault? Candace wants to know. Well, whoever caused the accidents, let's say there were an accident. Let's say the car did go into the river. Uh, whoever caused it is going to be the one at fault. And that may be, it may seem like an oversimplified answer, but it is the truthful answer. So if the car in front of you goes to pass the car in front of that car, puts on their blinker, gets in the left lane, starts to pass, and uh, it's, I guess, the car in front of the whole caravan here didn't like that, and they switched lanes real quick or maybe did a little uh, pump fake or something to to run the passing car off the road. Well, that's on the car. That's on the guy who did the pump fake, you know. Uh, So it's – and it would be uh, changing lanes without safety. And then it gets even worse because it sounds here like it might have been – intentional. And this is where road rage can get really, really bad, really, really fast. People do this kind of stuff where they're going to say, well, I'm just going to act like I'm going to run this person off the road and and uh, swerve over and back real quickly or really quickly. And then as a result of that, somebody goes off the road, flips their car and dies. Well, that's that starts to enter the realm of homicide, ag vehicular homicide, uh, reckless behavior that causes serious bodily harm, uh, it gets really bad. And, and the other thing to think about here is that a car is easily classified as a dangerous weapon or a deadly weapon for purposes of a crimes like felonious assault. So when people try to run others off the road in order to, uh, to show them what's up and end up causing bodily harm, they can be charged with felonious assault or even, uh, like I said, murder. So uh, I guess like many, many, many legal questions we answer here, it all depends on exactly the circumstances and maybe equally important, if not more important, what it is that can be proven and what cannot be proven. So uh, that's where witnesses, police investigation, et cetera, comes into play. Uh, I think it's it sounds like none of this happened. We're dealing with speculation. So that's all good news. All right, Steve, I have a question for you. So what kind of trouble can somebody get into for placing a bet with a bookie? this weekend well like there's if you're betting on the super bowl or something like that yeah there's there, there's all sorts of gambling questions uh floating around here so if you're just uh like if you got some guy uh running numbers for you or taking sports bets for you and his his name ends with a bunch of or has a bunch of uh, consonants and ends with a vowel it's probably not good um there's also a bunch of online sports betting i know that happens uh, I don't believe that's lawful yet either. I know it's interesting because Ohio is actually in the works uh, to uh, permit sports betting at bars. It's going to be run through uh, the casino commission and, you know, like all this kind of stuff, the state's going to take over. Um, now, a friendly Super Bowl pool, nobody's ever going to prosecute that and, uh, you know, enjoy. Or if you're going to buy numbers at a party and uh, put your name on a grid or something, nobody's going to worry about that. But uh, as far as the online stuff, uh, I'd have to look at it individually and do some research for you to figure it out for sure. But I would just say, be careful. Can you get in trouble for like talking to like a bookie in person and placing a bet? I mean, like, I guess it would be hard to prove, right? Yeah. Well, it's there's like theoretical trouble and then can it be proved trouble? 
Uh, but yeah, like if you're if you're talking to just the old fashioned sports bookie uh, who's not affiliated with anything that's lawful, it's gambling. You can't do it. And now obviously the bookie's going to get in bigger trouble, but uh, it still is trouble. And um, and also I've helped very good friends deal with problems like this before, where they've gotten in way over their head with bookies and uh, how to get out of it without telling on themselves, basically. So uh, it's it's it's. To be avoided, I would say. Uh, keep your keep your betting to the friendly betting pools at the office or the football party. All right, line two with Christopher, we go. It's Loper and Randy in the morning with Steve Palmer. What's your question, Chris? Hey, good morning, everyone. Um, my sister-in-law, who lives in Mississippi, was up here visiting us for Thanksgiving last year. And a discussion was had, and she ended up leaving her 15-year-old daughter with us um, due to some financial and addiction difficulties down in Mississippi. Oh, wow. So she's lived with us since, um, which isn't a big deal to us, but now the plan is to just let her stay here. She's involved in school and everything. My wife and I are curious as to whether or not we should apply for an emergency custody or just get some kind of power of attorney in case anything happens medically, legally, or anything like that? Yeah, this is a good question. You're right on track. You're going to want to do something to formalize this. And here's why. Is that if there is a problem, if there's uh, uh, medical issues, if there is uh, other benefit type issues that come up, you're going to want it solidified exactly what the custodial arrangement is. And, you know, I've had this come up before where uh, actually it was a uh, a former client at the firm had uh, needed something like this where they were uh, watching or sort of took over the care and supervision of a teenage girl. And it was the best thing that, that they could have done given the situation. They did a great job and then they needed to get it formalized. It went through uh, the court system with children's services and juvenile court, and they had to get some custodial orders in place in order to make sure that they could do things like get dental care and get health care and uh, school supervision issues. If there's an IEP at school, you're going to want to have some authority to sign for that. So it's just the right thing to do, and, and you're 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 right on track to uh, to want to do it. I would say give me a shout six one four two two four six one four two. I can refer you to somebody who can help you uh, hack through the problems. Um, it will be a, a lot better if uh, mom is on board with it also. Right, and, and from our understanding and discussions with her, she is. She's better off being up here. With living with us, we got a say just a more stable household <laughs> and uh, easier means to provide for her. I think one of the questions is she, my sister-in-law, is on disability, so she gets money every month because of a dependent, and um, that seems to be the biggest discussion. Well, and yeah, uh, money, yeah. The money she gets, but my wife doesn't want to take it from her, but we are taking care of the child, so. Yeah, so here this is uh, welcome to the world of, uh, of unintended consequences of, of things like government benefits because what, you know, everybody, it sounds like everybody agrees that she is in the best place with you guys, but mom isn't going to want to let formal custody go because she's getting a benefit for it uh, in the form of uh, government payments. And not to say that in the, in, right. in the perfect world, those payments aren't needed. They, they are. It's just they need to go to you guys to help uh, care for the girl. So. Uh, that is going to be where the contest emerges. That's going to be where the conflict rather emerges when uh, she's not going to want to give that up, but she doesn't want the custody either. Well, uh, you can't have it both ways, and uh, the court's going to have to sort that out.
Right. I understand. Thank you much. All right, Chris. Thanks so much for the phone call, man. 821-9970-800-821-9970 and 99700 on text. All right. It's a question about a will. It says, if I were to appoint a family friend of mine who is Canadian mm. um, to be my children's guardian in my will, will that be upheld? So a family friend who is Canadian, you want to, to be the guardian over the kids? Uh, I think so. I think that would be upheld. And But again, this is going to be uh, something you want to iron out now, obviously. And that's what you're doing do by, they get, by calling do they get to go? Yeah. Do they get to go to Canada because it's in your will, I guess? Yeah, well, but they can't blow the horn when they get there. No truckers blowing horns, right. So if you're, uh, this is a J. Michael question. This is somebody who is, who's got a, uh, you need to get a qualified probate lawyer, somebody who knows the nuance of this, because it's more than just uh, assigning where the money goes when uh, when you kick off or, or who's going to have custody when you kick off. It's it's more about uh, getting, how's it going to get, how's it actually going to work with a Canadian guardian? And is the Canadian guardian planning on coming here? Are the kids moving up there? Uh, and then how does that all uh, get enforced by the courts if there is a contest about it? So uh, this is a J. Michael question. I would uh, urge you to contact him at 614 614- uh, four four three six two six two. All right, we have a a text message question here. Yeah, Matt says my wife of twelve years cheated and I kicked her out. Oh, she took one of our cars. It's in my name only, and I pay the insurance. She has no driver's license. What can I do to get the car back? And what uh, rights do I have to the car? Well, what you need to do is go to court, file a complaint for divorce and get this stuff sorted out. I mean, if, if you've kicked her out and you're still married, the only way this gets sorted out, legally speaking, is if you file for divorce. And then the courts will divide and conquer. They'll, they'll divide the assets. They'll divide the debts. If there's a premarital asset uh, that can slide into uh, whoever is entitled to it, um, if there's premarital debt, sometimes that can get accounted for too. So the only way to really, really get definitive answers is to have the court sorted out or agree uh, and then file something with a court that's approved by the court. Uh, that would be like a dissolution or even an uncontested divorce. Uh, other than that, every both sides in uh, in a marriage have equal access to all marital property. Both sides are responsible equally for marital debt. And you know, unless there's a uh, some sort of a gentlemanly agreement amongst the parties, one side can take advantage of that. And it sounds like that's what's going on. Um, and it doesn't matter, frankly, that the car is titled in your name. It's still going to be a marital asset. Uh, now, later, courts, in theory, can adjust for that once a divorce hits. But sooner the better. You, you just got to get the rules of play out there, divide the assets, divide the debt, and uh, move on. All right. Steve Palmer on with us each and every Wednesday, giving great legal advice. And not only that, man, uh, do you have a Super Bowl pick? I mean, I'm not going to. I'm yeah. not going to suggest anybody's bets or anything like that, but I mean, I'm just curious who you think will win. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to bet on the Bengals, and uh, the reason is because they're the underdogs, and I like underdogs, and they're from Ohio, and I'm not a huge Bengals fan. I'm a Browns guy from back in the uh, late '70s, early '80s, but uh, I, I'm I'm going with the Bengals. It's the uh, it's the right thing to do. Everybody else should do that too. Overall, better quarterback: Bernie Kosar or Boomer Esiason. <laughs> It's like, uh, that is a, boy, that's a foot race right there. I, I don't know who is worse rather or better. Um, I'm going to go with Bernie. Is better or worse? How you guys pick? 
Not better for your business, Steve. Not better for your business to represent. I'm talking about. <laughs> hey, look, I, at, at one point I had a thing about blonde quarterbacks. I just thought there was no way you could have a good blonde quarterback. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, you had Sims and you had, you had right. You had Boomer and you had the uh, Sims. I just I just didn't like it. Just doesn't seem like what it's, color, it's, it's. What color is Joe Burrow's hair? It's kind of blonde, right? Yeah, he's sort I'm of a toe to think right now. It is, right? That's funny. Steve Palmer, thanks so much. Yavich and Palmer, if they want to put your number in their phone, I suggest it for this weekend. How, what, what, what number should they put in there, first of all? Yeah, 614-224-6142. If you put it in there now, just put Palmer, put lawyer, put Yavich and Palmer, put the guy to call if you get in trouble. Then all you have to do is hit send when you're under the pressure of What's a- What's under uh, the guy? The guy. Yeah, no, that is that is great advice because if you're, you know, if you get pulled over or something like that, it's fantastic to have the number ready to go. It's perfect. Yeah, put it on speed dial. All right, Steve Palmer, thanks so much, man. All right, thanks. All right, good questions there with the Blitz. Uh, it it is uh, as always. It's funny how the questions tend to match what's going on out there in the world. So uh, the Super Bowl is coming. We got the gambling questions out of Loper there, and all that did is remind me that I need to go back and I need to. Uh, I need to um, do some do some research and, and nail down the gambling laws. And I think what I'm going to do is do a breakdown on it. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to dig into it, do a Q and A or a legal breakdown because there is stuff coming here in Ohio on gambling. Um, everybody who like there's lots of states uh, getting involved. So if you've been to a bar, say, and uh, I don't know what states have it, but uh, you go to a bar and on the screen is a betting uh, interface, and uh, the bars are offering it. And I know they're trying to get in Ohio. Ohio, though, is going to probably block it. They're going to take over. They're going to governmentize it like they do everything else. And um, and uh, they're going to be in charge through the Casino Commission. But uh, short of that, great questions. If you guys didn't get through, if you want to get through, if you have a question, you want to get it answered, it's simple. Just uh, go to lawyertalkpodcast.com. We've got the Q&A segment. Um, I'll answer it right there. Send me the question. Sometimes I answer them just by email if they're personal enough where maybe we shouldn't be airing it out. Other times I might change the names to protect the innocent. And speaking of the innocent, it looks like Norm's got his hand up here. So Norm's Norm's got a question uh, that uh, he's going to spring on me. So it's just like Norm has called in the Blitz. Pretend <laughs> this is the Blitz. That's right. Uh, and I'm not so innocent today. I got a parking ticket. He did. He's Ouch. guilty. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a criminal hardcore. Um, Steve, uh, I heard some blabber uh, about uh, possibly being able to get compensation from the Ohio Department of Transportation or some agency uh, if uh, if you hit a stretch with a you know a super deep pothole or some other kind of uh, pavement defect uh, from poor maintenance, um, but is there anything out there like that? I mean, I've heard uh, that people are are uh, are interested or or that there might be something where you can get the state to uh, compensate you in part or whole for uh, automobile damage. Yeah, there there may be. So generally speaking, there's this notion of governmental governmental immunity. Or if you are going to sue the government, you have to do it in this uh, place that they call the court of claims. Lawyers like to refer that uh, to maybe as the court of clams, the re, the the court of no claims. It's a specialty court where you have to sue the government. Um, and the reason they say it's no claims is because it's it's not like a jury and you get a judge and you, you typically you don't get big money damages. But um, to answer your question, Norm. I did what any good self-respecting lawyer do. I Googled it <laughs> okay. while you were while you were talking. All right. And ODOT does have a roadway defect or damage incident reporting form. 
Um, I don't know if that form uh, means that you're going to actually get reimbursed for your damages, but you can make a report. I also noted in Cleveland they have a reimbursement program. Oh. Um, so it might go down to like city level, like okay. who's responsible for the road. and City, who, county, maybe. City, county, state, depending on where you are. It might, okay. you know, if you're in the interstate and uh, okay. uh, something happens there, if you're in the city or the county, uh, it might go really uh, jurisdiction by jurisdiction. But if my car were hurt by a pothole, say my 68 GTO, I'm driving down the road and I got this new fancy suspension that uh, I just put on it and I hit a pothole and I think, man, those, man, yeah. they, shouldn't have, they shouldn't have any potholes. What's going on with my tax dollars? Yeah. And uh, I want to get it fixed. So I'd make the report. Um, my guess is you're not going to be satisfied with the, <laughs> with the outcome of that. That may be, maybe because you don't get paid, maybe because you don't get paid enough, or maybe because it's such a pain in the ass that you just don't, yeah. you don't follow through with it. But it looks like there is a program. So good question. It's just like you were on the blitz asking it. So yeah. you got, you got the same ambiguous answer. That Thank you. Else gets. Uh, all right. Well, so we're going to wrap up the Q&A blitz segment of that, and we're going to shift over to the roundtable. It turns out we still do the roundtable. If you want to hear the roundtable, uh, you just hear it separately now. So you're not stuck listening to the blitz before you get to the good stuff, or you're not stuck sitting through the good stuff in order to listen to the blitz or however you're going to look at it. Um, you can still get all the feeds at LawyerTalkPodcast.com. I'm no pro on where to sign up for podcasts, but I do know that we do have a little button there that if you click it, it'll take you to sign-up places so you can get your podcast at Google, Apple, or wherever. Um, so we appreciate the support. We appreciate the questions. Uh, they are rolling in, as they say, so I, I do my best to answer them. Uh, so as we shift over to the roundtable, this has been Lawyer Talk off the record, on the air, with the Blitz Q&A until now.